don't care who listening and who not listening. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. Coming at you on Valentine's Day Eve. Thursday, February 13th. The Indiana Pacers have played their last game before the All-Star break. It's basically like spring break for the uh, NBA season. Uh, Most, I think... You know, I think most teams get at least a week off. I know there's games tonight, uh, but uh, yeah, so here we are, you know, all-star break. It's uh, the last time I had a podcast was right before Victor Oladipo came back to the team. And now we've played eight games with Vic and it was like, um, a pretty good, like, it was just interesting because, so Vic's first game back against Chicago, and I'm, I'll am i be the first one to admit, I was, you know, I think my la- the last episode I had, I was so excited for Vic to come back. Granted, I'm still very excited that Vic's back. Um, but I definitely thought that the Pacers were about to hit another level with when Vic came back. And uh, so, you know, here we are, his first game back. Home game against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Kind of a trash team. Actually, they are a trash team if there's such a thing. You know, not a very good squad. They were missing their big guys. Um, And Oladipo comes back. And I was fortunate enough to go to the game. And it was just... um, The crowd was insane. Like, just seeing Vic out there for the first time. uh, the, The Pacers like stadium had like these signs at all the seats that you could like hang up or like hold up whenever all the people came in. Um, but, uh, it was so, it was, it was awesome. And everybody was just so happy that Vic was back on that first game. Now he struggled from the field a little bit, but he hit the, he hit the game time three pointer in the fourth quarter with like, I don't know, five or six, maybe, I don't know, just like, Hardly any time left on the clock. Vic hits a three, ties the game. Game goes into overtime. Vic doesn't play overtime because he's on like a really strict minute restriction. Like twenty minutes is like all he was all he was playing. So he didn't play the and he didn't play overtime. But the Pacers still won the game. And it's like boom, this is awesome. Like Vic's back, hits the clutch shot. Uh, Pacers are still winning, you know. And and then. Um, then we had six games where the Pacers just couldn't, they didn't win a single game. They lost, they lost six games in a row after that Chicago game. And within those six games, um, and I'm, you know, my podcast, it's not about shitting on other people's opinion, but like a lot of the uh, podcasts that I listen to about the Pacers, they kind of air in it day to day to day. And it's just amazing to hear about fans and like people that follow the Pacers wanting to just blow, like blow it all up and 
like get rid of Nate McMillan and um, and granted they they make valid points about maybe Nate McMillan's ability to coach X's and O's, but you know it's like dude it's only you know it's like one week like it and it was the same thing like this and look yeah it's the same thing at the beginning of the season right when the Pacers started zero and three. I'm pretty consistent. I think I said it back then. I was like, chill out. Everything's fine. That's what happened again here. Six games, the Pacers lost them all. Um, a lot of them were home games. It was brutal. Um, I was right there. I was right there with everybody who's complaining, you know, like, um, it sucks losing games. And, you know, um, that's what happened, though. Like, we lost a lot of games. And I'm glad that, like, uh, I'm kind of glad that the team had to go through it, actually, um, because I think that one thing that we noticed at the very end, so I was just watching some of the press conferences after the, the, the sixth loss, and, you know, the team was saying the right things. It's like, we still got to believe uh, that we are going to get this fixed. Uh, we got to stick together. It's, you know, we're just, it's just our chemistry is a little off, like, they still had each other's backs. It's like, now's not the time to be pointing fingers, you know? Um, and they just were saying the right thing. So it's like, what was my point there? I guess what I'm getting at is the fact that they were tested, meant like, you know, as a team, the resiliency of the team was tested uh, during this losing streak. Everybody, the noise outside was calling for the coach to be fired or, you know, like, I don't know, just a lot of noise. But the team, you know, they they bounced back last night against the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, Milwaukee didn't have Giannis, um, but they are still 40, like, 5-7. and seven. They've got the best record in the league. They were 5-0 and oh in games that Giannis had already missed. Um, Giannis had a baby, which is why he missed the game. And... Um, Shout out to uh, Giannis for, for marrying a, <laughs> like a non-supermodel. Um, what was it? No, you know what? He's, I feel like I've already put a foot in my mouth. Like, why am I talking about this? I'm, I'm going to say something stupid. I already have. But like, he's not married. But if something that was pointed out to me was like, oh, hey, Giannis's girlfriend, she's not like, a Victoria's Secret supermodel. She looks kind of like a normal person. Um, so I don't know. I don't know why I'm still talking about it. Moving on. Giannis missed the game. Had it had a uh, son, and uh, but the and but the Bucks are a good team, even without Giannis. And Pacers took care of business. Got a win going into the All Star break. So you know when you just look at it for what it was, it was an eight game span. That's how many games Victor's been back. He had he was a hero the first night. He was a heel for six straight games. And now everybody can take a, a breath and relax a little bit after a, a really good win against the Bucks. Um, it's nothing that we can say, oh, things are fixed. Like, oh, the problems that we saw during those six games are all cured. But it feels way better after getting that win than it than it would have uh, had we lost that game. And even if we had, I'd still not be freaking out. It's just, that was a good win to have. 
Um, unfortunately, with the slide that the Pacers have been on, so before Victor came back, we were within striking distance of the, set, of the two seed. So we were only two and a half games out. Well, now you fast forward eight games later. Actually, you know what? I, didn't, I haven't checked it since our win last night, but we're essentially nine games out of second place now. Um, the Toronto Raptors have gone on this. They went on like a 15-game winning streak, two of which came against the Pacers, um, which the Pacers were in both games. The first game in Toronto, Pacers were ahead by 19 points, I believe, in the second half and still lost, and they lost the game. Actually, I, I know that to be true. It was, ni- it was 19 in the second half, and they, they basically just collapsed in the fourth, the, the really the very like last three minutes of the game, just epic collapse, which is what kind of set this whole thing off. Um, really, I mean, so the Pacers, they lost to the Knicks at home, which was a horrible loss because the Knicks were so bad. Then they lost to the Mavs at home without Luka. Then they go to Toronto. They get up by 19 in the second half, blow a bleed, lose to Toronto. Then Toronto comes to Banker's Life, takes care of business. Then we lose to the Pelicans in town without Zion and Brandon Egram. Uh, Brandon Egram's a uh, Western Conference All-Star, and Zion, you know, is uh, he's come into the league, uh, played a couple weeks now, and he's just dominating, uh, like, 20 points. I mean, he's just a, he's a freak. Um, but without those two guys, still lost to the Pelicans. Then we lose to Brooklyn, a Brooklyn team without Kyrie. Like, and, and we had our full, we had our full squad going for the most part. And so it was, it was, it was trying. It was, those were a lot of games to lose in a row. Uh, so, you know, boom, we got the win against Milwaukee going into the all-star break. Things are, things are feeling way better now after that, but we slid way out of, out of contention of, of the two seed. I, I think there's not, not going to be enough time for us to, to climb up there. So... I don't know uh, the standings all that that well yet um, as far as like where, you know, we might project out. But at this point in the season, after a losing streak like that, it's it's kind of like, well, we just want to be ready to go come the playoffs because uh, we're definitely not going lower than a six seed. Um, so we're going to be playing teams like we could, you know, I feel like we're either going to line up against um, – Let's see, if we're the six, that means we play the three. Let's say we move up to the five, that means we play the four. Um, the, the one and the two seeds are pretty much locked in as Milwaukee and Toronto. So we're going to probably play Miami, Boston. Who am I forgetting here? Miami, Boston, Philly. So we're going to play one of those three teams in the first round. Um Hopefully it's not Philly. Hopefully, I don't know. I guess I, I probably like our chances against Miami. I think we could give Boston a run for sure. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Philly's all up and down. So, anyways, that's not the point. We're not gonna. We're not looking like we're gonna get that two seed, and home court advantage is probably gonna be a little bit of a stretch. Um, but we just gotta be ready to go come the playoffs with this squad. Um, I guess you know. So I I had kind of made my podcast notes prior to the game last night when we won. Um, 
So I have have some stuff like why I thought the team was struggling. So, you, you know, they just looked uncomfortable. They looked um, like the rotation is still being set. And this still goes true. Just I mean, just because we won a game doesn't mean that this stuff is not true. Uh, but the game last night against Milwaukee was the, by far the best game that we've played since Vic's been back. And, you know, frankly, we looked pretty damn lethal out there uh, with Turner and Sabonis, uh, Oladipo, Brogdon, Warren getting 35. Lamb play, had a great game off the bench. McDermott, another good game. So our guys were firing against Milwaukee last night. Looked good. Uh, but prior to that, and what we probably should look forward uh, to probably dealing with in the future here after the All-Star break is some more... Um, just uncertainty as far as rotations, um, playing time. You know, I think the the team has looked just forced out there where the ball movement that we had before Vic just had not been um, had not been there as much, and it was just kind of like a little bit more one on one type basketball. Um, just it, the team wasn't gelling; they weren't cohesive, and uh, it was clunky. Um, I think, you know, guys that are still trying to figure out their roles right now would be, you know, Jeremy Lamb, although off that, coming off that Milwaukee game, he looked really good. Um, but Aaron Holiday now, you know, he's, he's probably looking at a bunch of DNPs and, uh, it's unfortunate because Aaron, I don't know, you know, like I wish he, I, I, I'd like to see him play, but who do you play him over? Like I like McConnell out there too. So I don't know. Maybe just be. I don't know. It's tough. It, I I I've, I've talked about this before, but when you just think about our guards with with Oladipo and Brogdon and uh, Lamb and you know Justin Holiday, even McConnell, Aaron Holiday. It's like, geez, man, how are we gonna play you? Um. But I'd like to see him get some run. How's that? Brogdon's been really struggling lately, and he had a good game against Milwaukee, thankfully. But uh, you know, over those last seven games with Vic, he was shooting forty-three percent from the field, twenty-six percent from three, sixty-nine percent from the free throw line. Um, you know, scoring's down. He was at like fourteen a game. Uh, so Brogdon, I think, was one of the guys who's really been impacted with Vic's return. He's just trying to find his role. You know, I, he seems like a lot of times he kind of like gives the ball to Vic and says, all right, Vic, you know, do your thing. And he's, I think Brogdon's trying to figure out where he should pick his spots. And Oladipo's trying to do the same thing. It's like, these guys have never played together. Um, and, but like, you know, they've got a ton of potential. Uh, obviously a lot of that is going to depend on Vic. Um, but, Right now, Brogdon's just learning to play with Vic. And you look at the game against Milwaukee last night, he looked great. He looked great. I think he had 10 points in the fourth quarter. Um, so I'm not concerned about Brogdon one bit. And, um, yeah, you know, I just think that it, Brogdon struggled a lot during this, this, this uh, run when Vic came back. Um, but he's going to get that figured out. And um, the team, like I mentioned before, you know, is still united. I, 
there's a quote by TJ McConnell, like he's, he said that the locker room is still upbeat. And this was after the six game losing streak. Um, Doubt can't creep in, continue to believe. Those are quotes from Nate McMillan. And, you know, now that we know how that Milwaukee game ended up turning out in favor of the, piss, of the, of the Pacers, um, the team can hang their hat on the fact that they stuck together. Uh, you know, I heard Sabonis after the uh, win against Milwaukee talking about how good Miles did. And, um, you know, it's just, it's good. It's fun to root for a team that, they seemed to get along. They they seem to buy into this culture, which is why I think it's crazy that people would, would consider firing Nate McMillan because I don't I you know, it's just like give this team a chance. You know, like they built the culture. Now they got better talent that still buys into the culture. And so I think as soon as the Pacers start getting you know back to winning six seven eight out of ten games every time um everybody everybody will be good but uh okay so that's what happened that was that was what's gone on the past eight games since vic's return here we are at the all-star break um big news uh well here small news first small news is the pacers did not make any moves at the trade deadline. Uh, I think officially the only rumor, uh, it was, it was, it was a, uh, it was discussed that TJ Leaf was on the trading block. Like the Pacers were, were trying to trade TJ Leaf. I don't know. I wish you, I wish there was more, um, like, I wish you could, I wish you could learn what the offers were. Like, did we get any offers for TJ Leaf? Like even like, a sec one second round pick and the Pacers were like, uh, no, we're going to hang on to him for that. He's not worth it. Um, or did nobody offer anything? And then that's with TJ Leaf, which is kind of boring, but I would, you know, take that same kind of, uh, question and put it towards like the bigger negotiations. Like it was, it was reported out there that the Pacers were not going to move Miles Turner, but you know, teams were asking about him and so just to just to it'd be so cool if you could know what those conversations were like um and and what other teams are offering uh but i'm ultimately i'm glad that the pacers didn't make any moves um well actually i shouldn't say that i'm glad we didn't trade miles turner that's what i'll say um but What was I going to go? Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. Just the fact that, you know, the Pacers and um, so Kevin Pritchard, Nate McMillan, the owners, no trades. Um, oh, yeah. The good news. So that was just kind of the little news. The big news is that we have a new all-star represented the Indiana Pacers by the name of Domas Sabonis. And Congratulations to Domas. He's a fan favorite. He's a household favorite by far. He is the winner of uh, the Boom Baby last year on this podcast. And he's been fantastic this year. So I got I want to talk about Domas, but I got that uh, down here a little bit further. Uh, before I want to go into Domas, 
I'm going to talk about Vic. Victor Oladipo. Uh, Vic's back. We've seen eight games. He, you know, when you look about, think about his season now. So he was injured just over a year ago, January, like 24th. Doesn't play basketball for a whole year. Rehabbing. I mean, horrible. Like he had to learn, not, I don't know if he had to learn how to walk, but he had to like, like he couldn't walk at some point. And then he got, you know, boom, rehabbed all the way up. Uh, Big time injury, big time surgery. Um, Just over a year removed from the, from the injury, he's playing NBA games, um, and he's played eight of them so far. And the first eight games started with 20-minute restrictions. I think he was on the bench for at least the first two games back, maybe three, and then he got a start whenever uh, Jeremy Lamb, I think Jeremy Lamb got injured. But if you look at that, first eight games, it's off to a rough, rough start. It's off to a rough start. The Pacers obviously went on that six-game losing streak, which which really made things um, feel out of place, out of sorts. But you know, through it all, and this is this is what it comes down to with Vic. Um, the team didn't lose, like the team didn't cause any drama. Uh, the they stuck together. They embodied what their leader was saying like who was it i was listening to the post-game interview from the milwaukee game and they were saying how like you know vic's been really vocal um so and he's and whenever he gets interviewed after the games like he even said you know i bet he's like yeah well you know it doesn't matter if it's uh five six game losing streak 10 game losing streak 10 game winning streak you know right now we're just trying to get better as a team every day it's like yeah you hear that you hear that anybody can say that um but i i mean you know and i I know i know i'm a homer but i believe it like i hope i believe it i believe it because that kind of mentality that kind of uh leader i think if you know this goes back to like if is vic good enough to lead a team to a championship being the best player and what i think is he can be because of his intangibles and leadership is an intangible. Um, and now we got a long way to go. We definitely got a long way to go. I'm not saying that Vic is going to accomplish that, but I think that he thinks he can. Um, and so we just have to, we got to wait and see. He's got to get better, <clears throat> but he will get better. Like he's already getting better. So, uh, you know, like the, he he can't, I think what was going like when you watch the games he just he seemed to be one his shot wasn't there um but then and he was taking quite a few shots like he's probably shooting between like 14 and 17 shots a game um probably leading the team in shots if not tied for sure um during those games and he was missing a lot like I think uh, he's Vic's on my fantasy team I think he was like 30 some percent probably and but then this last game against Milwaukee, he only took seven shots, but he made five of them. And I think that's a big like that's interesting to me. It, that the Pacers look so good and Vic only took seven shots. Now I still think Vic's gonna ultimately I don't know though. Like, can you imagine if Vic 
plays a role similar to like Brogdon. And then our top two leading scorers are Sabonis and Warren. And then you got Brogdon and Oladipo right behind him doing everything else. Everything else. Then you got Turner protecting the paint. <laughs> Ooh, I just got excited. Can you imagine, right? If Victor Oladipo was like, you know what? My best quality is not the fact that I can score. Like we could, st we still want Vic to, to be a scorer, but we don't want Vic to try to be a 25 point per game scorer. We don't need, like, what if we don't even need Vic to be a 20 point game per game scorer? Will people think that he is underperforming? But like I'm saying, I think if, if Vic, say Vic averaged 18 a game, or 17 a game, and Warren averaged 19 and Sabonis averages 21, Brogdon's at 16, 15, Turner's at like 11. This team, man, this team has it. They've, they've, got, they've got guys who can, who can get buckets. Vic's a huge piece of it. Um, but I kind of, I, I went off on tangent there. I just, uh, I'm going to bring it back to Victor first part coming back from his injury. Doesn't look great, but he's definitely showing us stuff. He's um, still looks explosive. The passing looks great. Uh, his, he's been, I've noticed this, he's taking charges. He's playing reckless. I mean, it feels reckless to me because like, is often I'm just like, oh my God, don't like, why are you doing that right now? Like, just chill out, man. Like, don't we don't get hurt again. I mean, he's going to the paint, taking, taking hits, taking charges. And he's playing with confidence. His shot just had not been dropping in at, when he's coming back, but he still looks explosive. He can get by guys on, off the dribble. So um, you know, we haven't seen, like, he's dunked. I know, I, I can think of a dunk he had last night against Milwaukee. Um, and it didn't, like, it was a nice dunk, but it, it was like one of those dunks where it's like, I don't know if he got a ton of lift on that one. Um, so I'm just thinking about, you know, coming back from a major injury, the one, the main thing that you're probably looking to, to see if, is, if you can get back is your physicality. And so far, I would say, we it looks like Vic is going to get most of that back. Like he still seems pretty springy, um, and so that's a great sign. That's a great sign, and um, I would take that rather than him making shots but looking a little gimpy out there already. So uh, that's good for us, and um, that's what we got to see. We got to see this. You know, now that the All Star our All Star break is here. Post-All-Star game, um, there's probably like 30 games left before the playoffs. How does this team settle in? I, I would imagine that we're still going to, we're not out of the woods yet. Like, um, just because we beat Milwaukee after this six-game losing streak, I'm not going to let myself expect to get right back into winning the next, you know, eight out of ten games or something. Um, but what I do want to see, what I hope to see is more progression more ball movement, more energy, um, more attitude out there. Like, I just, I can't wait to see this, this team um, kind of start to get soaked in by Vic, like with, with Vic's return. Like, let's get Vic into what we're doing. Um, 
and that's just going to be kicking ass, you know. Um, I hate to say it, that's just what it's going to be, though. Vic, Brogdon, All-Star, Turner and Warren. I mean, Warren put up 35, like, on ESPN, you know. Warren is a free. Warren is good. Warren is so good. So nice to have on the team. You know, I take Warren over uh, over Bogdanovich for sure, and that's tough to say. I love Bogey. Bogey's certainly, um, I would say, a, a, a more dangerous three point shooter. But straight up, just getting buckets in the second and the third, Mister. I mean. Just like when he when Warren's out there, he's just getting buckets. That's what he does, and he plays rock solid defense. And he's one of our best sized defenders as far as length and and uh, the mixture of length and athleticism. And uh, he's super valuable for our team. I love T.J. Warren right now, and um, man, Pacers nice find getting T.J. Warren. That's huge. Thirty five a game. Or 35 last night and multiple times this year he's got over 30 I, I, I think he's averaging 18 or 19 a game I mean good grief as your fourth option third option or second option um yeah so just thinking about you know the rest of this season I'm still wanting a first round win like and if we don't get that first round win, I mean, no, not knowing now that we're 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 probably not going to make it into the two seed, it's like we're gonna play. We're gonna have to play a tough opponent, and it would. It's it's not necessarily the end of the world if we lose to Miami or Boston or um, Philly. But damn it, we better at least put up a fight. We cannot get swept. Um, it, we need to take it to six at least, minimum, and 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 be serious in there and like, and start to get this team some reps in the playoffs. Um, so I'm, I, fingers crossed, we still get a first round win. You know, I got I got money on us winning the whole damn thing, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, and that's up to Vic. He's here. The driver has returned. Um, we're, you know, just waiting on Vic now. Oh, I'm not talking to you, Siri. How rude. Um, all right. So this this is the next segment. That this is just something I was I was thinking about, uh, and it, it, this could turn like negative towards Victor, but. Um, this is just things I want to think about. So Victor is under contract this year and he's under contract next year. He's at 21 million a year. Uh, he got paid by, I think Orlando. No, maybe he got paid by, yeah, Orlando traded to OKC or maybe OKC paid him. Um, regardless, he's probably going to want some more money than that. And this summer, the Pacers had the opportunity to sign him to an extension and I just want to entertain some thoughts here. So, in my opinion, um, like, 
all of the so there's two things here one because because the are the two sides gonna gonna reach a deal and do so you got the pacers are we willing to to re-sign victor oladipo um at a rate that he is comfortable with and that we are comfortable with and if you're victor oladipo you're like do i want to re-sign in indiana or do I want to go play in Miami? Or do I want to go play with some other superstar? Um, oh, and I want to get the money that I want. So from Vic's perspective, maybe those are two things that he's thinking about. But from my perspective, <laughs> he should want to re-sign with the Pacers. He should want to re-sign with the Pacers because like, and from everything that Vic talks about, you know, about like winning the championship is what he, like, if you're not gonna, if you're not, if you're not trying to win a championship, like, what are you doing? And if you're the alpha, like, you, we, like, the Pacers have given you weapons. Now you use these weapons and capture the crown, capture the title. In my opinion, Vic should want to resign here. And I don't think that there's, I don't know any, obviously I don't know Victor. I don't know what he thinks or feels, um, but hopefully he wants to resign with the Pacers and that the two sides go into agree into discussions this summer with, and what a lot, this all depends on how this season, it really, I mean, a lot depends on how this season ends up. And that's why it's nice that this discussion doesn't have to be made right now, but it's gonna be made after the season. Like, how does Vic, what kind of player is Vic in the playoffs? And how does this team look in the playoffs? Those are all going to be, that's going to be the most recent important information when you're making decisions in the offseason. But from right now, if Oladipo wants to re-sign with the team and the team wants to re-sign Oladipo, the odds of us getting a deal made are much higher. So... Does Vic want to re-sign? I heard rumblings on the, I think it was Bill Simmons who said something about Victor to Miami, uh, you know, in 2020 or 2021. It's like a big Giannis is on, Giannis is a free agent. I think AD is a free agent. Um, but it's just like, you know, whatever. You could say anybody's name on a podcast. I could say Anthony Davis, you know, the Pacers are wanting to re are wanting to sign Anthony Davis. It doesn't make it true, um, but Vic, you know, he lives in Miami, right? Like that's where he was, or he does a lot of stuff in Miami. Vic seems like a guy who has a lot of off court interest, like with the music, with the fashion, with um, he's he's on a car commercial, like. I don't know, he just seems to he seems to be a guy who likes to put himself out there. And that doesn't mean it can't be done in Indianapolis, but it's just kind of like, uh, maybe you'd want to do that in a bigger market. But Oladipo seems to have some loyalty to Indiana. We hope. We hope. That's 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 what it is. Hopefully that's what it is. Um so I know those are touchy subjects. Like it's hard to just even consider the fact that Oladipo might not want to re-sign with the Pacers and that he may want to go to a different team but that's what superstars do that's what they do like they want to it's like uh you know 
you can love your job, um, but at some point, you know, maybe it's better for you to go find another job with a different group of people and a different area and you get, you know, growth from that. So you can't hold it against him if he doesn't want to resign, but um, hopefully he does. Hopefully he does because I think with him and this team, uh, I think we, we could we could be great. So, all right, that's the first the first touchy subject. Second touchy subject with Vic. True or false? All Oladipo peak NBA season. Is it still in front of him, or has it already happened? Um, and this is there is this is no disrespect to Vic at all because the 27 2018 season that he had in Indiana when he was third team all NBA all-star um most improved player in the league like he did win that right yeah he did I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure Vic won most improved that year and put himself on the map put the Pacers on the map um that was a great seat. I mean, that was just a great season, fantastic season. He's the top 15 player in the league. And then when you then you fast forward to one year, pro, the next year, Vic was, um, Vic, it, he just was not having quite as good of a season as he was during his all NBA campaign. And, and his season was cut short by the injury in January. So we only saw him from October to January um, after the great season, but it wasn't as good, and it, not just because it was cut short by injury. He just wasn't playing as good as he was the year prior. He was still playing at an all-star level, which he was selected for that year. Um, but I don't think he was on track to be an all-NBA player. So, which, it's like, fine. You don't, that's, that's high-class society there, being an all-NBA player. Um, you know, I was looking back, and there's quite a few guys that, you know, have made an all NBA team that you don't necessarily like, and and then you look at them now. It's just quick. It's it's just crazy how quickly the league can change. Like Isaiah Thomas made an all NBA team like three years ago. Um, five foot nine Isaiah Thomas, Demar Derozan made an all NBA team. John Wall. I mean John Wall's injured, but um, you know Demar Derozan isn't really somebody that he's not an all star this year. Isaiah Thomas is an all star this year. Um, guys can come and go even as high up as the all nba team like just because you make an all nba team doesn't solidify you as one of the premier players year after year after year and but i think vic you know vic's not five foot nine and vic is not 34 years old like the rose you know what i mean like he's got he's in his prime and we should expect him to, to, to get to that level. And I'm sure he thinks he can still be there. But it's just interesting to think about um, because he is 27. Um, and I, 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 if I had to bet, I would say that, that Vic gets back to an all-NBA uh, level player, especially if, the only, actually the only way he's gonna do that though is if the Pacers are winning a shit ton of games which I think we can. I think that the Pacers, the Pacers are gonna be 
we, you know, I think we could win a lot of regular season games with this team and with the depth when this team gets firing. Um, and that would then would in uh, fact reward reward the uh, best team, the best player on the uh, sorry the best player on on that team being Vic. Therefore, boom, he makes an All NBA team. Pacers make a deeper run in the playoffs. Boom, he's had a better season than he had in, during that uh, first year in Indiana that that he had. So it's like I think he will still have a better. I think his peak has yet to been. He, he hasn't climbed and, and reached his peak yet. But it's just a question. Um, and then, you know, when you think about that, is Vic a max contract guy? You know, he's making $21 million now. When you look at guys like Kimball Walker or Jimmy Butler, they're making $36 million. Even guys like Tobias Harris and Chris Middleton are making $30-plus million. And, I, I, you know, I, I wish I knew the contracts better, but... Uh, you know, like, I don't know what the, the Pacers could offer Vic, like, if they can offer him the max, and do we have enough space? Because I know we have a lot of guys under contract for the next couple of years. I would only imagine that we have enough space to re-sign Vic, like, that was part of the plan. Um, but how much? And what if Vic doesn't look drastically different um, at the end of the season and in the playoffs as he does right now? What if the Pacers get bounced in five games uh, to Philly in the first round? Let's say say these last 30 games of the season, um, the Pacers are like 15. They put, let's say they play 500 basketball, 15 and 15. And then first round, they win one game against Philly. And now we're heading into the offseason. Like, how do you feel about this team? How, do I, how would I feel about this team? Would I still be as confident in this team? That would be tough. That would be tough. I don't know. I guess that's why, you know, we got to wait and see if the, if the Pacers can put it together, you know? Because if, if they can put it together and start kicking some, some tail, and well, what if we beat Philly in the first round? What if we get that first round series win and um, Oladipo looks good? It's like, okay. Then let's let's double down on this team. Sign Vic to, to whatever you got to sign him to. Get him here for the next four years, five years, whatever that contract is. Make him the piece uh, because we've already got Brogdon, we've already got Turner, we've already got Sabonis, we've already got Warren, we've already got Lamb. Um, we've got McDermott for another year and McConnell, I think, for another year. We, uh, so anyway, you know, we've got a lot of a lot of our guys, our core is is signed. We're ready to get Vic in there uh, and go from there. All right. Um, oh, I kind of hit on this earlier, but like when you're thinking about Victor Oladipo and signing into another contract and the future of the Pacers, what this team could be, the question I have too is how can Vic elevate the team without scoring 22 points a game? And can he be our our perimeter? Like, can he be a lockdown perimeter defender for us? He already has shown that he's not afraid to take charges. He sets the like set the tone defensively, almost with like just bring us some toughness. Like, what if Oladipo became like a really tough uh, tough defender? Which he's pretty much. I mean, he seems like it to me. Like he he's definitely not just. Uh, 
somebody that's out there to only play offense. Like he seems to care about defense. So let's keep that up. Keep up the passing. Um, you know, I just love the idea of Oladipo kind of adapting to the team that we have now. Like we've got got we've got guys that really can score the basketball, and if Oladipo just kind of fits in as far as like the number of shots. And that's one of the, the, the things that I keep hearing from these post-game, or not post-game, but like coaches' press conferences and stuff is just kind of talking like, um, if, you've got, if you've got a shot, if, or if you're, if you're about to take a shot and then you see somebody who's wide open and has a better shot, 100 times out of 100 times, pass it to that person for them to take that shot. And if the Pacers truly play that way, uh, then Vit, you know, he doesn't have to get 22 a night. He doesn't have to lead this team in scoring for us to be really good. And he could just make us that much better if he picks up the slack uh, on, if he does more of some of the dirty work too, help help clean, keep the house clean here, Vic. And um, take this team to, to new heights, man. All right. Uh, the last piece, the last kind of segment I got tonight is about our all-star, Domas Sabonis making his first All-Star Game appearance at the age of 23. Um, so the way that they do... The, well, so first, Sabonis is going to be doing the skills competition, which is like the one where you dribble around uh, like these cones, basically. You got to like make a bounce pass, make a chest pass. I think you got to make a layup. There might be some other stuff in it too, but it's just kind of like an obstacle course that... Um, like eight guys are going to be competing in. So that'll be interesting. He's going to be going up against guards, and I don't know all who's in the field. I think there's another big guy in it as well, but um, it's cool that he's going to be in something. And then for the All-Star game, which is the big deal, uh, the way that the NBA does it now is the two captains are, they, this year they were Giannis and LeBron. They pick their teams. And so the, the starters are voted in by the coaches and the fans, and the starters get divvied out between the two guys. Um, and then then they pick all, the reserves are basically in, in a big bucket. And then Giannis and LeBron take turns picking out of that bucket. Well, Sabonis being in the bucket with all these other all-stars, he ended up getting picked last by Team LeBron. So it's like, all right, whatever, but not that that matters, but <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that Sabonis was the last pick. Um, but I have a feeling this is going to be one of many many all-star games for DeMontis. And uh, he's been... he's he Him and TJ Warren and Malcolm Brogdon, I think, and McDermott for me, McConnell as well. Let me see if there's anybody else I should name. These are the guys who have just been a lot of fun. Like... They've caused me the least amount of headache this year as a fan. And um, Domas has just been such a peach. And so he's been playing awesome of late, too. He seems to be, he seemed to take it up another notch after the after Christmas. He's had four triple doubles in the past like month. He's averaging 19 points, 11 boards, seven assists. So like his, his rebounding has taken a slight dip, but his assist numbers are way up. Um, or you know what? I gave those numbers in 1911. That's just of, of recent. His 
when you factor in the whole season, he's averaging 18, 12, and 5 now. But trending-wise, the assists are going up. Uh, and he makes, like, sometimes he makes really flashy passes, too, uh, like highlight-type passes. He makes some bad passes, but that's the risk you take. I mean, if you're going to, you know, you're making all those assists, then you're allowed to have some turnovers, um, you know. But more, even, like, Domas is, is a box score junkie. Uh, he's, you know, he's amazing to watch as, just as, a, as far as a box score player. But his just emotion that he plays with, his energy, his toughness, he seems just like a teammate who cares. He's fiery. Um, he always is in the mix of things. I mean, he's, he's like, he, he just seems like always just be getting like elbowed or popped in the face with a knee. I don't know, like all sorts of stuff. He's just always getting banged up in the games, which is kind of scary. But at the same time, it's like he's in it. He's, 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 he's engaged. Um, and it makes me wonder, you know, what is this guy's ceiling? Because he's 23 years old. The Pacers have him. If you look at it now, I mean, it feels like a bargain contract. Four years, $77 million. Um, he hit The numbers are there now. The big Now there's just question marks that Domas has to, and this whole team really has to check off, and that's playoff success. How does it translate to the playoffs? How does Domas look against the best bigs in the Eastern Conference? Giannis, Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Bam Adebayo from Miami, Jason Tatum from Boston. Like, is Sabonis able to enforce his game on those players? Or do they, you know, they... It's, and it's not just Sabonis necessarily that has to stop Embiid or Giannis or Pascal, but it's just like these are the types of guys that we need Sabonis to hold his own against and to still play a solid game on it for himself. And but he's only twenty three, right? Like I think if the game the guys I just named, only Bam and Tatum. I mean, Sabonis is a young player. Only Bam and Tatum were younger. Um, and he just has so much more room to improve. Like, and I, I, I really, really think that this is what this is why his ceiling. Um, I think he's going to be an All NBA type player. But there's so it's hard to tell that because there's so many good guys in front of him. Like, I don't know would would Sabonis ever be better than I don't know Pascal Siakam or Giannis? Uh, probably not. Maybe Pascal, uh, but definitely like definitely not Giannis. Um, Back to back to back to Domas and his ability to um, improve his ceiling. I would say free throws are the are the number one thing that he needs to improve, and I think he will, just because he's got such a nice touch. Um, if that passing continues to improve a little bit, like what he's doing now, averaging seven assists over these last like ten games or so, I don't know the range that I did those those numbers. But um, you know, four triple doubles. Like, if he if he keeps this passing up, um, and then if he could ever start knocking down that three point shot more, which I love the fact that he still jacks them. Every time he gets it, I want him to shoot that three, even if he's at twenty two percent, which I think he is for the year. It's like just shoot that three. Now don't shoot seven of them, but 
you have to shoot at least two or three of them a game if they're going to give them to you wide open and just keep working on it and then pretty soon those things are going to start banging home and then look out. Delmas, thank you so much for being on the Pacers. We love you, man. Uh, what do I have here? A little note about Miles Turner. Trying to embrace role of defensive anchor on championship caliber team. Is he ultimately comfortable with that role? Yeah, so Miles, you know, has probably had the one of the hardest times. Uh, one, like he's probably had one of the rougher seasons for the guys on the Pacers. Like, if, like in 2K, you can see guys' morale. Perky, upbeat, content, dissatisfied, angry. I don't, you know, those are the options. He would probably have one of the worst morales, I would guess, just based off of 2K. Because his numbers are down from last year. And unfortunately, a lot of basketball fans, and I'm guilty of this too, just obsess about the numbers. Um, but Miles is... Still, I mean, Miles is very, very important to this team. And I feel like he's trying to become comfortable in a role that is not featured as much. And that's what this whole team and, and what this, it's all about sacrifice. Like, what can you do for the team rather than just scoring the basketball? And so... Miles obviously protects the paint, and he does a very, very good job at that. He's one of the premier shot blockers in the league. He, again, like Domas, 23 years old. I mean, his best years are yet to come, I hope. Um, but I just wonder, you know, and I, I, so, okay, so just basically what I'm saying here, I think, you know, I wonder if Miles is having a hard time fitting in with this team. And... Is he ultimately going to be comfortable with with that role? Because if his role is one where he's the fifth option on offense, um, the playing time, you know, I, it's been recent recently like he hasn't been playing to close out the games, like you know, with because with Domas as the five, um, you know, Turner's been spending a lot of time on the pine come fourth quarter. That just you know that's just, that's probably going to be hard for him, but. That was during the losing streak. He just had a great game against Milwaukee. That was a big win. Hopefully, that's we see more of that, Miles. Um, but I don't know. I guess I just think that that's something to keep an eye out for, too, with Miles. Is just, is he comfortable with his role on this team? Um, we shall see. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm still very optimistic about this season. And... I still feel like this team is, is a threat because although we, we seem to be every time we play a team they, their best player doesn't play like I was just thinking of the guys that we haven't had to face this year uh, like just recently you know not having to play Giannis uh, Luca didn't play recently Zion didn't play um, who I don't know I, I, don't, I don't need to go through them all uh, or, you know, uh, oh yeah, just like for the Lakers, Anthony Davis didn't play. Um, doesn't matter. 
It don't matter. Uh, I think that's going to be all, folks. I, uh, I appreciate listening to the pod, and I enjoy doing it. I really enjoy watching the Pacers and thinking about um, different scenarios that they that we as fans, as people who just like the Pacers, whatever, you know, just what's going on with them, you know, what's the scoop, how's the squad, and that's where I'm going to leave it, happy Valentine's Day, and I will see, I'll be back on here once we start getting some games after the All-Star break, peace.